Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hello there, I'm Blake Lindsay. I certainly do want to welcome you to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. We are pleased to have you with us and grateful to you if you're telling somebody about this. It's rewarding to receive exciting comments each week. Today's subject is one of my favorites, how to sell more effectively. When you learn how to ask the right kind of questions, you are then able to get your prospect to feel off balance. Here's the real deal. You have the ability to uncover a need that they may not even know they had. Brian Flanagan, Zig's premier sales trainer, will help us understand how to ask the right questions to get the right answers i'm going to learn along with you and be back in a few minutes guys this is the nuts and bolts of selling here this is the nuts and bolts of selling and it's not as much fun as learning your behavioral styles but the the next two pages are huge because this is where we uncover needs this is the stage you need to elongate this is a stage that's vital for you to be successful and the reason I say that is that we spend a little time in this stage, we want to move to the presentation the close. Hang in there with me as we go through these stages. There's two things that have to happen at this stage. Number one, you have to have an awareness of the need. At the top of that page, if you would, write salesperson awareness. Salesperson awareness. Unless you're aware of the need, you can't go through this. So you're questioning Everything that you're doing on the questioning is to have the light bulb be fully illuminated in your mind. To me, there's eight ways. There may be 20, but I, I listed eight ways in the middle of that page there for you to have an understanding of what this guy or gal needs. There's product knowledge. There's industry knowledge. There's comp competition knowledge, competitive knowledge, application knowledge, pricing knowledge, POGO knowledge, DISC knowledge. All of these things allow you for the light bulb to be fully illuminated in your mind. Now, as you're talking to this guy and suddenly the light bulb goes on, you may want to verify that. There's a question down there that you can verify that on. But who else has to have a light bulb fully illuminated in their mind? The prospect. Okay, turn to the next page. This is tough. Until and unless the prospect sees a need, they're not going to let you go into the presentation with any hope of success. When you go into the presentation before the prospect has a need, you're going to frustrate the prospect. At the top of the page, write customer awareness. This is where you have to create customer awareness. What happens to you if you're sitting at your desk and a phone rings and the customer says, hey, remember last year we talked about this, I want to buy some now. Your customer has awareness. He or she has picked up the phone, they have awareness to buy from you. Guys, we don't get enough of those phone calls. Perhaps you don't get enough of those phone calls. We don't get enough phone calls. Therefore, for us to make our numbers, we need to go out, call on people, initiate the contact, and we need to make them aware. Now, here's what happens. Sometimes the need is right below the surface. You've got to bring the need to the surface. If the customer already has the need on the surface, he or she is seeking ways to return to balance because they are having awareness they have a need. Now, when people come into your store, let's say you're in the computer business and people come into your store, they have an awareness or they wouldn't be there. But you can accelerate your learning when you learn to pick up the phone and ask a few questions to say, hey, there's a better way to do things. So let's take a look at the second paragraph there. The second paragraph talks about this concept called upsetting the customer's homeostatic balance. Ooh, what does that mean? There's a theory in nature, the theory of homeostasis says an item, an organism, there's a theory in nature that says an organism stays at rest until it's acted on by an outside force. Then it'll seek ways to return to balance. 
You are the outside force. We as salespeople provide that outside force to put the item into motion. Newton's laws, an, an object will stay at rest until it's acted on by an outside force. Well, we're that outside force. Guys, this is hard. How many of you have been with your company less than a year? By a show of hands. How many of you been with the company less than a year? Some point in time in the last year, you were out of balance or you wouldn't have changed. For the first 10 years, with my 14 years with IBM, I was in balance. I never interviewed, never looked outside of IBM to go to work. We moved to Dallas, Texas. We loved Dallas, Texas. I got out of balance because I thought, Cindy and I thought we wanted to stay in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I was out of balance, so I went out and interviewed with people. But at the same time, I kind of returned to balance because I needed to go out and get my management stripe with IBM. So we went out to California as a sales manager. Now out there, we were trying to adopt our second child and we couldn't. And we were out of balance as a family. IBM was going through all kind of changes out there. And I was out of balance family-wise as well as business-wise. I'd asked Zig for a job about six months prior to me being really out of balance. And I went into my boss out of balance and I said, boss, I'll take a transfer, get me out of management, put me into a sales position anywhere in the state of Texas because the agency, the adoption agency, would only work with us if we were Texas residents. So what happened is that I came back and I returned to balance for a while knowing that I was eventually wanted to go to work for Zig. My point to you is this, for the first 10 years of IBM, I wasn't out of balance. I didn't have a reason to move. If your customers don't have a reason to take action, they're not going to receive your recommendation. And it's nothing to sneeze at again, thanks. So what we've got to do is understand how to get people out of balance. Now help me with this. How do you know when your customers are out of balance? What do they say? What do they do? What happens when you know your customers are out of balance? Help me with that. What do they do? What do they say? They're asking you questions. Thank you. They ask you questions. What else? They may want to see a demonstration. They walk into your store. They pick up the phone. They call you. Those are indicators. But when you initiate the call and they say, look, we're doing pretty well as we have, then you have got to learn to ask some questions to get them to receive your recommendation. I'm telling you, if their hands don't come up to receive your recommendation, you're not going to make a sale. At the middle of the page on down, we have a lot of questions. We're big believers in asking questions to get people tilted. My favorite question is the last question down there. Mr. Prospect, if we could do A, B, and C, what's the benefit to you? Guys, that is a crossroad question in your selling. If you can get to that question, Mr. Prospect, what's the benefit to you? What's the value? What's the advantage to you? If you can do that and they can answer it, they may, may take them time to answer it, and they can get out of balance, you have a chance to sell them. But please understand the problem we have is that we want to rush through this, slow down at this, this stage. Mr. Prospect, how satisfied are you with your current condition? Are you dissatisfied enough to take action? That's a tilt question. You've got to take it upon yourself in your industry, in your business, what you sell, to learn to ask a question to get people out of balance. It's vital that you do that because you can't get past this stage and go to the recommendation and sell the solution stage until and unless this happens. Guys, this is hard. This is difficult. Questions on this? Answers on this? The reason I say this is hard is that we have a tendency to pass too quickly through this stage. Slow down in stage three, elongate it, then let's go to the next page in stage four. In stage four, we know what they want. The light bulb's off in our mind. The light bulb's off in their minds. Fully illuminated in both minds. Now we can sell the solution. The key concept there is lead with need. Don't sell your product. Lead with need. Sell the solution, what the product does. Don't sell the product or the service. Personalize this by lead with need. 
Now we think there's a way to do that called feature function benefit. We believe that if you use feature function benefit selling, that you have a chance to interpret the value of what you sell. If I was selling writing instruments, if I'm selling writing instruments, and I'm selling this side, all the men on this side who wear shirts and have pockets, and you guys on this side, you want to save money. And you guys over here, you want to save time. And the guys in the back row, you want to look good, I can't help you. All right, what happens is this. If I'm selling a feature, one of the features is a gold enamel clip. Would you agree to that? The function, hose it to your shirt pocket. What's the benefit? You don't lose it. Now, which group wanted a pen they didn't lose? Nobody. These guys wanted to save money. Why would I tell them that they wouldn't lose it and make them do all the work to come up with the benefit? I've got to step forward and make the benefit very plain. Mr. Prospect, you'll like this pen. It has a gold enamel clip on it. Hose it firmly to your shirt pocket, therefore you don't lose it. The benefit, the benefit to you is that you save money because you don't lose it. Don't let them do the work for you. We have a gold enamel clip, hose it firmly to your shirt pocket. The benefit to you is that it's productive and easy to use. It's one of the things you wanted to save time. This will deliver that for you. The guys in the back, we have a gold enamel spring-loaded clip. Every time you take this out, it gives the impression of the business world that you want, and that's the impression you want to make, isn't it? We've got to step across the line and give people benefits in such a way it's easy for them to receive. Let me give you an example of, of a professional doing this. This is from Reader's Digest, and let me explain to you that this guy was a great salesman. He's a dentist. He's got a 19-year-old girl in there, most beautiful girl of 19, and he's selling, but he's making a mistake. See if you can catch the mistake. A Saturday night toothache had me at the dentist early Monday morning, but my appointment was preempted by a most beautiful girl of 19. She had just lost her two front teeth in a skiing accident, and she was still trembling from the experience. The dentist seemed expert in calming her. The dentist said the repairs I make will probably last you 20 years, and then they can be duplicated. Your appearance won't suffer, and it'll be practically painless. But nothing he said would console the young girl. She shook so much that I thought he'd have to give her a sedative. And he did give her a sedative. Leaning down, he whispered, even when he kisses you, he won't be able to tell. The tension went out of her body. Finally, she had heard words of real hope. Now let's go back and see what happened here. The dentist spoke the truth. The repairs I make will probably last you 20 years, and then they can be duplicated. Your appearance won't suffer, and it'll be practically painless. Did this young girl have dental pain, or did she have mental pain? <laughs> she had mental pain, and he was, he was recommending the wrong thing. And what happened was that as 19-year-old, she didn't care if this thing's last me 20 years. I'm not thinking 39 years. I'm thinking Friday and Saturday night. So finally, the dentist saw that and said, I'm sorry, even when he kisses you, he won't be able to tell. The tension went out of her body. Finally, she'd heard words of real hope. Now, if I'm in there with my little girl, Quinn, if Quinn's 19 and Daddy and Quinn go because she has something wrong with her teeth, he said, Mr. Flanagan, the repairs I'll make will last her 20 years, then they can be duplicated. I'm thinking, great, then her husband can pay for them. All right. <laughs> but he wasn't selling to the dad. He was selling to the young girl. He made a mistake. You have got to get feature function benefit down. You've got to understand you sell, as we did in one of the earlier modules, you sell the values, advantages, and benefits. And guys, stay away from product. Lead with need. Don't sell products. Sell what the product does. Difficult to do. Now, once you've done that, you can move into the next page, which is take action. Now, there's many ways to take action as we have people in this room, and that's good because you need to formulate something that's effective as well as comfortable in that order. Not comfortable, then effective. All our lives, we've moved into a comfort zone. We've missed the effective zone. We want to switch that. We want to move into an effective zone.
Our comfort zone will catch up with it. Guys, selling should not be adversarial. Selling should not be you against me, me against you, especially in this closing stage. The closing stage should be friendly. We're solving a problem. We're helping people reach goals. We're putting them a vehicle to reach their goals. That should be an exciting time of our lives in the sales process. But too often we back up and not do it. Guys, don't be afraid to ask people to buy from you. There's a difference between rejection and refusal. There's nobody in this live audience can reject me personally. You can not buy from, from me. You can refuse to buy my business offering, but that's professional refusal. That's not personal rejection. Don't get as old as I was when I learned this. Please don't be as old as I was when I learned it. You've got to separate rejection from refusal. Let me tell you what I learned the hard way. Guys, your opinion of me today does not determine my family's opinion of me tonight. Your opinion of me on a sales call does not affect my opinion of me. If I don't make the sale, I've got to sit down as a sales professional and find out how I can do this better. But I still have value and I still have worth. Guys, we spend a lot of time, we spend too much time equating net worth with self-worth. Don't do that to yourself. You and I miss success by 12 inches from our heads to our hearts. That last 12, that's where we miss success. We can intellectualize it, but until we put it in our heart, we can't be successful. That's where salespeople miss success, from their heads to their hearts. Maybe you have felt like what Brian just described. Many times we truly are our own worst critic. Today, try giving yourself a break. Look for and tell yourself something good that you have done today. When you do that, you can free yourself up to use all your sales skills confidently. Then you can make it a better than good day, as Mr. Ziegler likes to say. I'm Blake Lindsay. Hey, I sure would appreciate you taking a minute to call me sometime. Let me know what you think about our Ziegler Inspire podcast. Grab something to write with real quick and I'll give you the toll-free telephone number. 1-800-527-0306. Now, go live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.